the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Accurate weather forecast. I'm Sally Sherman for AM860. The answer. And I'm on. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. I got Ken with me today, and we're doing a show, baby. We're doing a show. Morning, Doc. Morning, buddy. How you doing? Very well, thank you. You're sounding good. Yep, I got over, I had a, a case of the COVID, so after four shots and two and a half years of being in the front line, I caught it. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you had the shots. How many, you've had four doses now, right? Doses, and uh, you know, I don't know why, but uh, YouTube kicked me off. They said that I violated their, their COVID uh, rules and regulations, so. How? I don't know. I didn't contradict anything the CDC said. They said, the CDC and World Health Organizations, you can't contradict what they say. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm leading them. I'm not contradicting them. But yeah. I had time to appeal it, but I'll I'll think about that. I don't think there's many people that look at this on YouTube. I, maybe one or two people a, a week. You can get this on Facebook. You can get it on, I think, on Twitch and on DrBillRadioMD.com if you want to see my pretty face live. And it is and such a pretty face. It is. And it, by the way, I took the uh, the new Paxlovid, P-A-X-L-O-V-I-D. I think I talked about that before on the show. That's two antiviral agents. One is uh, Rovir and uh, Ritinavir. And the first one is the one that actually is uh, an anti-COVID um, antiviral agent. And then the Rotinavir is an old-time AIDS uh, antiviral agent that apparently uh, keeps the body from breaking down the first one. So, um, and it showed an 89% decrease in hospitalization or death uh, from all causes compared to placebo in the research. And that was in older people. And I would guess older people are 65 and up or high risk people, you know, people who, who have lung disease, people who smoke cigarettes. You don't know anybody like that. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, I'm cutting back. You're good. Keep doing it. I'm and trying. So I, you know, the, the Paxlovid is being underutilized, and and I did not realize it's free. It's free. The government's still paying for it. Uh, so if you do come down with a case, uh, uh, and you're in the elderly age group, or if you have high risk, uh, give us a call at. Seven two seven three eight four six four one one. We'll we'll do a telemedicine visit and get you started on the appropriate antiviral, antibiotics, and uh, supportive medications. But I guess it helped, Ken. I mean, I'm better. I feel pretty good. I still got a little little runny nose, and uh, but my throat feels fine now. So who knew? was it? Do you know what what uh, variant you had? No, but I'm sure it was the Omicron. Because uh, it was so mild. Yeah, it was it AB? You think? Uh, whichever one's going around now, I've the lost BA- track. I don't know if the BA two is uh, is uh, taken hold uh, yet. I know in Europe it has, but 
I'm not sure about Florida. So I'll have to check on that. I'll get back to you next week. Well, where it has taken hold of, they say that hospitalizations and deaths are holding steady. They're not climbing. So that's good news. That's good news. But now uh, Shanghai, they're, you know, they're having chaos there. I mean, they're, they're fencing people in their, their homes. They're, they're putting up green uh, uh, um, chain link fences around the front of their homes and their businesses to keep them in. And everybody has to go and get tested every other day. They have these huge lines. I mean, this is the biggest city in China, and basically they're shutting it down. I don't know if this is a good uh, policy or not. The Chinese claim that they haven't had uh, many deaths relative to the other uh, big countries like uh, India and the United States, but you don't know. Yeah, I don't believe that at all, no. Statistics, you know, who's who's going to actually... First of all, I doubt that they can keep accurate statistics. Secondly, even if they do, I'm not, I'm not sure the Communist Party is going to admit that they've made any mistakes. So, I've been reading a bit that there's, there, it turns out that their, their, their version of the vaccine wasn't as good as they thought it was. Or... No, it's not. It's, uh, it's a killed or an attenuated, not an attenuated, but an inactivated killed, inactivated. You can't say killed with a virus because they're not really alive. It's inactivated so that it can't cause disease. But uh, the idea is that you inject this inactivated uh, viral serum into someone and it'll stimulate an immune response to the uh, spike protein. But it's it's only about 50% um, accurate, 50% effective. And uh, that's even with two doses now. So so that's, you, that's part of their problem over there, I think. Yeah. Well, they don't have the ability to produce the uh, PCR vaccines like we do. They haven't uh, stole that yet? Well, first of all, they would have to develop their own technology to do it. And Pfizer and Moderna said, well, yeah, we'll, we'll be happy to share it with them if they want to pay us. And, uh, you know, our government originally when Biden and his gang got in, they're like, you should share this with the world. Well, first of all. You have to have the ability to manufacture this, to uh, produce it, to distribute it. You have to have uh, the sub-zero freezers. And uh, all these things are not readily available outside of the highly developed countries like the United States and uh, some of the Western European countries can. That just doesn't exist. And it's, it's ridiculous to think that we can just hand something out. I mean, first of all, Who's going to get it there? Who's going to train them how to do it? And uh, you're talking about uh, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars in infrastructure just to get it up and going. Let them develop their own damn vaccine if they don't want to pay for it. You know what I mean? I, I'm with you 100% there, Doc. Um, I mean, what are you going to do? They don't work for free. We pay for everything we get from them. <laughs> you know I mean? Actually, it was the American taxpayer who kind of paid for the development of this, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we're not going to give it to them for free. No. You know, it was it was uh, the Western countries that chipped in, um, you know, $1 billion or $2 billion or $500 million to build up the fund to, to help develop this, uh, these uh, mRNA vaccines uh, that Pfizer and COVID have, which are the most effective vaccines and the safest, too. All right, enough of that. I survived, and while I was off, here's the story, Ken. You'll love this. So Sunday last week, I was sounding kind of kind of crummy, and uh, Monday morning, the women in the office grabbed me and swabbed my nose and ran the test on our machine, our PCR machine, 
And so I'm on the phone doing a telemedicine visit, and my nurse hands me the results. (laughs) (laughs) And she's got on a mask and a face shield. (laughs) And so the wife sends me down for the week. So I was grounded. I was at home. And all the neighbors are, you know, putting, you know, hexes on me and (laughs) stay away. At any rate, so I started on the Paxlovid and on the antibiotic and whatever else she told me to take. And and I actually got a lot of things done. I, I put a grab rail bar in my in my bathtub, you know, one of those stainless steel bars. I, I changed out a toilet tank kit. I worked on my new car, cleaned it up. I mean, I, I stayed busy, got caught up on paperwork, did a little bicycling. And, uh, of course, she got upset with that. She's like, you're, you're supposed, supposed to be resting, right? Supposed to be sick, and she says, "I'm getting it now. I'm going to be home next week, and you stay at the office." <laughs> so you know, she faked a cough and a runny nose for a few days. That didn't work. I didn't buy that. So <laughs> you know, if if I don't know if it's with the same with your wife, but if I'm sick, she's sick. Usually, yeah. Usually, they 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 have to keep up with us. <laughs> Well, you know, I took care of you. Now you take care of me. That's a marriage, I guess. Yeah, that's marriage. That's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, subatomic physics right there. <laughs> well, so, I, oh, you know, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're well. You sound much better this week. So I made it, and uh, and I didn't think I was going to get it because I went two and a half years in the front lines and never never had a sniffle. But you never know. I mean, this is a strange virus, and of course, it. As you age, you your immune system also ages, so you don't make antibodies uh, as rapidly. You don't make as much antibody, and the, the levels fall quicker. So that's a, a really good reason to get that booster shot. And I'm going to take a fifth one uh, at the beginning of the summer here. Give myself six, eight weeks to get over this, and then I'll take one. It's been about three months since I had my third, so I'll probably get a fourth at some point. Yeah, they say now they're get, they're down to four months is is what they're saying now to uh, get a fourth dose. So I'm telling my patients, and by the way, you're one of them. Yes, Come I up. am. So, and I so, and I would highly recommend it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So you get, feel, get your shot. Get it from the doctor. Yeah, and you got to feel bad for those people in in Shanghai. I mean. You know, they're yelling and screaming, and they're fighting. They're not fighting physically with the police, but they're. You know, some of them are yelling and saying, hey, you can't lock us in. We're not animals. And so the police are taking their little fences and going to the next house to see if they can get away with it there. (laughs) Oh, well, what are you going to do? I don't know. I feel sorry for them, but, you know, that's the system of government you chose or haven't haven't overthrown. Yeah, they haven't overthrown it. They didn't choose it. They, They didn't know what they were getting. But I guess they're happy, happier than they were. 40, 50 years ago when they were starving. Now, by the way, you know, we're, I've been talking with, with guys in the lunchroom about the threat of nuclear war with the Russians and U- Ukrainian situation. And we're always talking about all these nuclear uh, armed submarines that are roaming around, mostly U.S. and Russian. And I was talking with them about these fast attack submarines like the South Dakota, which is one badass submarine. I mean, this is this is probably the deadliest uh, fast attack submarine on the planet. 
And uh, this thing doesn't carry any nuclear weapons, Ken. This is a fast-moving uh, door kicker. Uh, it's armed with uh, with cruise missiles uh, that uh, that can go 1,500 miles inland. They're tomahawks. Um, they're conventional weapons. It's got torpedoes. It's got all kinds of electronics. And what they do is, is if there is a land invasion, they can come up and fire and then go back down and and so they're relatively safe compared to like this uh, this uh, rocket launching ship that was sunk over in the uh, Sea of Azov by the Ukrainians. You remember that last week? Sure. And so this thing can come up, unload, and go back down. But even better than that, it can follow uh, the bigger uh, nuclear Russian submarines around, can tail them, and uh, given the word, it can blow them out of the water before they can launch. So I, I it's, feel, it's a sub killer then. Okay. That's great. It's a hunter killer. Yeah. And it's got, uh, the ability to deploy seal teams from the, uh, rear of the vessel so they can come up to certain levels and send a seal team out underwater. <laughs> I guess they can do all kinds of damage if they want. It's all very cool stuff, doc. Very cool. Very cool. So, you know, I don't want to see a nuclear war. Oh, I don't think I don't think even Putin's crazy enough to do that. No, I have then, been reading he's thinking about taking over some other countries after uh, Ukraine. Well, the the uh, foreign minister from Finland, or the diplomat from Finland who's over here, he said he didn't think Putin was uh, crazy enough to do that. And traditionally, the Russians had uh, had respected the NATO boundaries. I guess more out of fear than than love, but uh, that's okay. We'll take fear over love if that's what it takes. It works. That's right. Uh, yeah, it works. And, and the Chinese and the Russians have both been launching missiles and uh, new weaponry and all this the past week or two to try to uh, say to the United States and NATO, hey, we're not afraid of you. Yeah, you are. You know? <laughs> If you were not afraid of us, you wouldn't be doing that. You wouldn't be sending up little uh, little uh, firecrackers to say, look, see what we can do? We already know what you can do. We probably helped develop it. <laughs> <laughs> probably did, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think he's crazy enough to go nuclear. Not yet, anyway. Nowhere near it. No. no. We would have to be on Russian soil with tanks, I think, before he would even consider you doing anything nuclear. And then it would just be a tactical nuke right there to get rid of the uh, tanks. I don't think he'd uh, shoot a ballistic missile to the, you know, New York or anything like that. No, no, I don't think so. I mean, it would be, that would be the end of Russia. <laughs> well, that would be the end of everything. No, it wouldn't be the end of everybody. We'll survive a nuclear war. You think so? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, if he, if life survived... Uh, the uh, the 65 million year ago um, asteroid impact that wiped out what 95 percent of all species on Earth, including the dinosaurs, um, will survive this. I mean that was probably a thousand times the the uh, energy of all nuclear weapons on the planet put together. So, all right, I'm, well. Let's not try and let's, let's not find out. That's oh, no, we don't, we don't want to try it out, but we do want to make sure that the Russians understand 
and the Chinese that we are not going to uh, be submitted. We will not submit to them, and, and uh, they're, they're not going to uh, intimidate us either, and we'll do what we have to do. And a lot of this stuff that they do, China and uh, North Korea and Russia, it's all for internal consumption. They do it to show their own people, look at look at what we can do. I'm in charge. Everything's good. Not necessarily for us. It's a lot for their own citizens. And speaking of North Korea now, Moon, the South Korean president who's on his way out, who's a left-wing loony, uh, and Yoon, who's coming in, the new president, who's a, a, a conservative guy, uh, Moon is playing kissy face with uh, Kim Jong-un before he leaves to cause Yoon problems when he comes in and make his job harder because Yoon's saying, you know what, I'm not going to play kissy face with, with North Korea. In fact, he wants to get closer to Japan. Now, you got to remember the Koreans still have a bitter taste in their mouth about the Japanese occupation in the first half of the uh, 20th century of the Korean Peninsula. As you recall, they pretty much used them like uh, stepchildren, and uh, although they're the same bloodline, and actually Koreans fought in the Japanese army. And my father-in-law, my wife's father, he was uh, educated in Japan. He spoke Japanese fluently. And uh, so if you were a brighter kid in Korea, you know, you could you could go to Japan and go to one of the better universities there because the Koreans didn't have the same infrastructure at that time. So at any rate, they used the, uh, supposedly, this is what the women say, they, they used the Korean women as comfort women in, for the mm, soldiers. Okay. And uh, I'm sure that uh, nobody got paid for those services. That was probably all free. And, but at any rate, the bottom line is that the Koreans still have a bad taste in their mouth, especially the women. My wife still hates the Japanese. That's but, holding a grudge. That. Yeah, and at some point you got to forgive and forget. That's what Buddha. Yeah, and Jesus I mean, no one here was happy about Pearl Harbor, but you know, you got to move on. You got to move on, and and we've made up with Japan. And um, when I was a kid, there were a lot of people who were bitter about us helping the Japanese out. They wanted to see us go in and just destroy the whole country because they had been taken prisoner uh, during uh, the war, World War II, by the Japanese and severely mistreated. But uh, you know, you got to move on. At any rate, so Yoon is, is uh, snuggling up, or he's going to snuggle up with the Japanese. And he says, look, frankly, uh, it's in our best strategic interest, so we're not going to have any uh, strategic uh, uh, alliance with North Korea. That's not going to happen. South Korea has to think of its own survival and, and, and uh, preservation, and the best way to do that is to uh, get closer to Japan and the United States and Australia and the other allies in the area that uh, are opposed to North Korea and China taking and Russia taking over the world and, and telling everybody how to live. So I, I think that we've got a good guy coming in in South Korea, but he's got some headaches that are being um, uh, fomented by the outgoing president. So we can expect to see more missiles uh, launched in North Korea just to flex their muscles and say, look what we can do. They're trying to scare the new guy. Well, yeah. So, But uh, you, you realize that South Korea has ballistic missiles. I mean, they don't advertise it like the North Koreans do. And although they don't, we don't say it and they don't say it, I would be willing to bet that we have some nuclear, uh, if not on the peninsula, certainly right 
right offshore in, in submarines. And the, uh, the South Koreans actually have a submarine that they can launch a missile from now. So they're way ahead of the North Koreans. Uh, they just don't talk about it. Well, that's, uh, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. They should. Yeah, they should. And, and, and I think it's important that, uh, that South Korea and Japan uh, kiss and make up and, uh, and realize that they have a highly strategic interest there, that uh, the threat of, of a takeover of the Pacific Basin there by the Chinese and their sometimes allies, the Russians and North Koreans, is not a good thing for anybody. Not for anybody. No, the, the Philippines and uh, Japan and South Korea, they should all be arm in arm. Yep. And uh, we're upset with uh, Vietnam because uh, they have been friendly to Russia during this Ukrainian thing. But that's the, that's the Chinese, uh, the Vietnamese communist government. Now, the people are not. You know, they're all pro-America. They all want to come over here and hang out. But they're still under the thumb of a, of a totalitarian regime. And as the... Uh, as the Australian prime minister said, if you think that living under Chinese totalitarianism is a good thing and it's going to help you, you better think twice. Totalitarian governments don't work very well, as we can see uh, from the, the slow progress that has uh, uh, evolved in China and Russia. And they're both still behind us, even though China has a huge economy. Well, you know, they've got, what, three or four times the people, numbers of people we do. But, I mean, look at Russia. It's almost 200 million people, and they, they're not even in the top ten economically. I mean, they're just a, they're just a backward uh, third-world country with first-world weaponry. Well, not even first-world anymore. Yeah, we've seen uh, just how bad that army is. I, I, I am still surprised at just how bad the Russians are at fighting. I'm not. And did you see where the Ukrainians blew up a command post and they claim to have gotten several generals and uh, dozens of high-ranking officers in one <laughs> swoop? Now, that to me uh, is very telling. That to me is very telling. Uh, these people are just about as, as dumb as they were <laughs> and before World War II. But what are you going to do? Well, uh, no need to be uh, as as afraid of them as we have been, I think, over the years. Well, I told you the story. My friend who went over there on a on a uh, exchange summer exchange, uh, he went to Russia, and that was the late sixties, early seventies. I can't remember when. And he said, "Bill, I'm not worried about these people. They don't even have zippers yet. They still have <laughs> pants. They did not have zippers. They did not have zippers." There's no roads. Once you get out of the big cities, there's, I mean, it's, it's really, it's kind of sad. Well, all these, all the, uh, all the leaders sack the, uh, the taxes. They take all the money. Yeah. You know, the oligarchs are, are swimming in dough. And meanwhile, the, uh, the common guy is struggling to make a living. And that's probably true in, in most totalitarian, totalitarian regimes. I was reading last night that they're losing oligarchs. They're apparently committing suicide at an incredible rate. Like seven or eight of them in the past couple of months. I don't think they're suicides, but they're staged as suicides. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that they said, "Hey, hey, Vladimir, you think we ought to not do this?" <laughs> yeah, right. Here, take this pill. <laughs> well, yeah, they've been killing, or uh, allegedly, the uh, suicidal uh, Goligarg would kill his family first and then kill himself. That's so they've had like three or four 
in the past just a couple of weeks where oligarchs have been found dead with their entire families in the house found dead. Well, the Russians are good at that. You know, they are. That's, that's, where that's, they, that's the one area they excel in. Yeah, they've, they've got that down pat. I mean, they did that to the czar and his family. Uh, and uh, remember in 1917? Yep. And, uh, and of course, the czars did that to their enemies. It seems to be a long history of uh, killing the opposition. Now, there's sometimes... Which I can understand why Putin is a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Any oligarch that belches wrong should should be killed, in yeah. my opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's why a lot of them are sitting on their boats out in the uh, South Pacific somewhere right now. So now that's the Solomon Islands, were, which are... The, the Solomons are about 500 miles off the coast of Australia, off the... Uh, northeastern coast near the Great Barrier Reef. Uh, you might not have heard of the Great Barrier Reef, but that's in northern Australia, which is actually the tropical part of Australia. That's what's closest to the equator. Just the opposite here, because we're in the northern hemisphere and they're in the southern hemisphere. So the Solomon Islands, that's where uh, our first uh, major uh, assault against the Japanese started in World War II. It's it's uh, right near New Guinea, right off the coast of New Guinea, and right near Australia, and of course New Zealand's nearby. Well, the Solomons have been uh, in our camp and Australia's camp since after World War II. We actually built their Parliament building. Ken, the United States donated the money for their Parliament building. Now it's not a huge structure; it doesn't look like it's uh, you know a, a, a you know, a miracle of architecture, but it's it's pretty cool looking. It's it's smaller and it looks kind of like some of the traditional uh, um, huts that the Polynesians used. And but it's a big concrete building. So why, rate, why are they cozying up to the Chinese now? Well, they I think feel that they're going to get some economic benefit from it, and they may be playing the Australians too because the Australians have pretty much had them under their wing since World War II, and the Australians are warning them and saying, look, you're, you're, you're making a deal with the devil, and there'll be consequences to this. And we are also cautioning them that there'll be a, a price to pay, that we will, uh, and of course we're sending aid over there, I'm sure, that we will rethink our, our aid and our uh, assistance to them if they do that. This is not a highly developed country. I mean, these are people that are grossly undereducated, although they're they're getting more and more of their people to go to, to grammar school so they can read and write. Uh, they don't have any roads to speak of. They have no train system. They, they do have a fairly decent uh, ferry system because it's hundreds of islands that make up the Solomon Nation. And uh, they have uh, some, some various ethnicities, but, you know, it's mostly Aboriginal from Australia and Polynesian and some Chinese and uh, other mishmash in there. Interestingly, uh, they are the only country outside of Europe and the United States, the Western uh, countries, that have kids that are genetically blonde. They're genetically blonde. So you have these kids that are that are really look Polynesian. I mean, you know, the usual Polynesian faces and uh, the dark skin, and they have blonde hair. And uh, they did some genetic testing on them over the past decade or two because they wondered if this was European blood mixed in. And apparently there is some genetic uh, uh, phenomena. I think it's in the tyrosine line of, of the uh, amino acids. And 
your kids are blonde. It's pretty cool. Not bad. Yeah, sure. Blondes have more fun. So They do. That's what they tell me anyway. You know what else is fun, Doc? What's that? Winning a bug. Let's do it. It is time to give away to Dr. Bill, your Radio MD mugs. And it's simple. Be the first caller to answer this question, and you will win. question always deals with something that happened in the first part of the show. So we're going to go back to the beginning of the show. And Doc said he was feeling under the weather last week. What was Doc... Uh, what was the element? What was what was, what was giving Doc problems last week? If you uh, know, give us a call right now. First caller at 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. What had Doc under the weather last week? First caller wins 877-969-8600. And uh, you feel like a coffee break, Doc? Yeah, but first I got to say that because I was sick, I didn't get the mugs out to our winner last week. And I'll take care of that first thing this week, okay? Very good. We'll do double duty this week then. So give us a call if you know the answer, and we're going to be back. Let's grab a coffee break here, buddy. I'm Dr. Bill. I'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Ukraine's leader is petitioning for more powerful Western weapons as he prepares to meet with top U.S. officials in the war-torn country's capital. President Volodymyr Zelensky announced the planned visit today by Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. The White House hasn't commented. Zelensky says he expects the Americans to bring specific weapon and security guarantees. Volunteers and workers in Shanghai have erected metal barriers in multiple districts to block off small streets and entrances to apartment complexes as China hardens its strict zero-COVID approaches in its largest city. On social media, people posted videos of the new barriers with some expressing anger over those measures. And Orrin Hatch, who became the longest-serving Republican senator in history and a fixture in Utah politics, has passed away at the age of 88. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727 727- 7384-6411-727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. 
Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. They're breaking all the rules at International Diamond Center this weekend with the biggest store-wide sale of the year, Friday through Sunday. Up to 20% off all rings, bands, bracelets, earrings, and fashion jewelry. Plus, up to three years, zero interest financing. And only at International Diamond Center. Unapproved credit. Hi, friends. This is Katie Pavlich from townhall.com. The liberal media and big tech are working overtime to promote the left's anti-American agenda to silence me and the reporters on our team at Town Hall. We must bring the truth to the American people free from the spin of big media and the censorship of big tech companies. Town Hall covers the news that matters, exposing the COVID lies, the leftist rot and crime surge in our cities, the illegal alien crisis at our southern border, and all of Joe Biden's unconstitutional overreach including the critical race theory attacks on our children and grandchildren by school boards working with the Department of Justice. Visit townhall.com each morning, afternoon, and night for the truth as my team investigates the Biden administration, their big media friends, and leftist activists. With your support, we can keep holding government bureaucrats and their allies in the media accountable. Visit townhall.com today to join the fight. The fight for our nation starts with townhall.com. So just how smart is your smartphone? Add a couple dozen IQ points to your digital friend by downloading the AM860 app. Local news, national headlines, and incisive commentary. Turning your smartphone into a genius. The AM860 app is the answer. AM860, the answer. Online at theanswertampa.com. Odyssey. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Enjoy partly sunny skies today, high 89, clear skies tonight, low 70. It'll be mostly sunny tomorrow, Monday's high also 89. Clear tomorrow night, low 72, mostly sunny Tuesday, high 88. Tuesday night, mostly cloudy, low 71. And Wednesday, sunny to partly cloudy with a high of 87. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Sally Sherman for AM860, The Answer. I am. There I am. Okay, now we're good. <laughs> I have music for the rest of the show. <laughs> I liked it, though. It was a little different. I was jamming there, buddy. I was getting a name here. We have a name of our winner. Who we got? We have Roger Young from St. Pete. Third week in a row, we have a St. Pete winner. Uh, Roger Young from St. Pete knew that Doc was down with what, Doc? Down with the COVID. He had the COVID. That's right. Exactly. So if you're all better now. Thanks for listening. And, oh, hey, Ken, when you send me Roger, send me the person from last week, too, so that I get them both out, if you don't mind. Sure. Well, I will do. I've got that here. And, uh, Roger, you're getting two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD mugs. That's uh, two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD mugs coming your way, Roger. Enjoy that cup of coffee with the doctor. 
and a shout out from Dr. Bill and Ken. And if you want to get into the discussion today, by the way, it's the same phone number, 877-969-8600. You're more than welcome to join us for the talks that we have here every Sunday. Absolutely. So. Um, keep it to the point and uh, pithy and uh, interesting and uh, try to sound like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> Why? Never stop me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, France is going to the polls today. They've got. Oh, me. that's right. That's a big election. Yeah, the uh, Marine and uh, and Macron are going head to head now. Macron, uh, I guess he tried to pick up some points this week. He announced that he's going to supply Milan anti-tank missiles and Caesar self-propelled howitzers to the Ukraine. So I think the anti-tank missiles are are probably similar to what they're already getting from the United States and Great Britain and other countries, but. These self-propelled howitzers, that's a little bit of a step up there. So, you know, those are rockets that you fire, and they also are shells that you fire, and they also have uh, uh, propellant in them so they can go further. And uh, I think like 150 miles, and if I'm wrong, I'm sure Captain will be on the phone in any minute now telling me I'm wrong, but uh, I think it's about 150 miles max for oh. a howitzer. Wow. That's, that's a good distance. So you can pick off some tanks. I don't know how the... Uh, I don't know what kind of guidance system it has, but it probably has something that uh, can help steer that thing. Proximity fuses and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, at least the French are, are, are chipping in, you know. that That's a good thing. Now, uh, Marine, she doesn't want to be involved with NATO as much, and she doesn't want to be involved with the war with the Ukraine and all that. She's more of a uh, isolationist and a right-winger. But uh, I think Macron's going to probably pull it out, and uh, I think that this is one of the ways that he'll do it, by offering to help the Ukrainians so he'll look good to his, his people, his constituents. And I'm sure there are a lot of conservatives in France who don't want to see the Russians take over the Ukraine. I'm sure there are people who still have memories of the world wars in their, in their collective memory since they were in the center of what, both world wars, right? Yeah, boy, they were right in the middle of it, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the First World War was fought mostly on their territory. So, uh, that's true. The trenches are pretty much in France and, yeah, Belgium and places like that. Yep, France and Belgium, they were the front lines. So we'll see what happens with Macron and see if he can pull it out. And, you know, I took a look at Radio Free Europe. Uh, I did not realize how active it still is. And they had a good article on weapons of last resort, how the Soviet Union developed the world's most powerful bomb, apparently 100 megaton. The thing looks like it'd be hell to get off the ground. It weighed, I don't know how much it was, a pretty heavy piece of uh, equipment. At that time, they didn't have a plane big enough to haul it up, so they had to actually make a plane that was big enough to handle it. And uh, it was developed by, under Nikita Khrushchev, and then, Andrei Sarkarov, who I believe defected to the United States eventually. He was the uh, Oppenheimer of the Soviet uh, nuclear program. And uh, he's credited with uh, being the guy that helped develop it. And then the, the pilot that dropped it was Andrei Darnovs. I can't pronounce it. We'll just call him Andrei. So he dropped the bomb on October 30th, 1961, 100 megatons. And uh, 
I've seen the film of that explosion. That was impressive. It's interesting. It's interesting. And uh, I've just never realized that they had developed such a huge bomb. What are you going to do with it? Well, it's a city killer, you know. Yeah, it's probably a county killer. <laughs> Maybe a state, yeah. <laughs> a chunk of the state. And I think it was a hydrogen bomb. When the hydrogens are different than the than the atomic bombs, you know, they're, they're deuterium and tritium, which are the heavier hydrogen molecules or atoms that are forced together by, uh, by a, 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 a conventional fusion reaction. So what you do is you take these... these uh, hydrogen molecules and which are basically one proton and one electron and you stick a neutron in there or you you get these things heavy water from from the uh, environment and you can uh, that's uh, deuterium and tritium deuterium two particles inside the uh, nucleus and tritium three particles and then when you force these things together you get helium and a tremendous amount of energy is released that's the fusion reaction that's what Everybody wants to work on to see if they can tame that to uh, create uh, endless energy, so to speak. But this bomb was huge, man. It's the size of a small plane. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably miniature. They probably brought that back down to size now. So It weighed 25 tons, and it was about the same size as 10 large SUVs. So Wow. It was a big boy. Yeah. Well, had a big had a big bang. And a big bang. Meanwhile, Elon Musk is helping the uh, Ukrainians. And uh, I guess he sent, uh, uh, not only did he position more of his Starlink satellites over that area, but he also sent uh, apps and free service to uh, the U- Ukrainians, supposedly free, but I think quietly the United States is probably paying him money to, uh, to boot that stuff up. And that's yeah. what they're—that's what they're using to communicate because they have the Russia has cut off their normal internet. Oh yeah, but and this has got to be frustrating the heck out of the Russians. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Putin likes Musk. In fact, they tried to shut him down with an, a, a cyber attack, and his company blew it off in like a day. They they fixed it up, and no problems. He's a character. Some He's going to buy the world, I think. Yeah. Oh, by the way, he's he's come up with the $46.5 billion in debt and equity to uh, finance his purchase of Twitter. And uh, we'll see what happens now. That the, the, the question is, will Twitter take a poison pill? And a poison pill is when you uh, pump out uh, more stock shares and dilute the value of the stock, uh, thus diluting the value of, of the stock that he would buy, and he'd have to buy more and so on and so forth. It's a but the problem is, is that the stockholders can then sue uh, the the company Twitter. The Twitter stockholders can sue Twitter, saying that they're diluting their value, uh, and that that's not in the best interest. Uh, they're 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 ignoring their fiduciary responsibility to make money for the stockholders. Uh, so it's going to be a big uh, legal morass for a while. We'll see what happens. And all Elon wants to do is make Twitter what it used to be, just an open, free, express-yourself forum. And the left-wing loonies are saying, oh, my God, and oligarchs are going to take, the oligarchs are going to take over Twitter because Elon Musk is an oligarch and and the freedom of speech will be gone. Hell, it is gone. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. There's no freedom of speech in this country right now. Well, certainly not on Twitter. 
not not on Twitter. Now on Fox News and Dr. Bill's show there is, but um, those are those are actually uh, very special venues, and you're not going to you're not going to have that uh, on all venues. And by the way, as I told you, uh, YouTube shut me down because they said I violated their COVID vaccine policies, which is of course not true. I guess they have algorithms that look at that and say, hey. This guy's talking about the vaccine. You better shut him down. But I don't know. Kevin. I can't think of anything we've said on this show that would cause them to shut you down. I don't know. Nah, nothing. No. But we'll see what happens. So the senior level U.S. delegation met with the Solomon Islands leader on Friday. I was talking about the Solomon Islands earlier and warned them that Washington would have significant concerns and respond accordingly to any steps to establish a permanent Chinese military presence in the Pacific nation. That's from Reuters. You might have heard of Reuters. That's a news agency. Yeah, they want to, I guess the Chinese want to put a base, a naval base there. I think we should put one uh, in uh, in Hong Kong. Uh, do you think they'd mind? <laughs> I think they might have a little problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just think we should keep a bunch of submarines right offshore. And well, let, them, let them know they're there. I'm sure that we have sub within striking distance. and uh, Always. Yeah, they're always there. You know, you got to remember, when one of our big nuclear subs goes to sea, you're talking about the fifth or sixth largest nuclear power on Earth. I mean, they have these multiple reentry, the MIRVs, uh, multiple reentry warheads. So one, one missile can disperse, I don't know, what, 5, 10, 15 nuclear weapons. Uh, that also have their own guidance system. And they probably have about 10 missiles apiece, I would think. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is just, uh, it, it's beyond belief, the, the power that we have. and uh, But we don't flaunt it because we don't have to. When you got the fastest car on the road, you don't have to go fast. It, it's, it's the reason, uh, I remember back, uh, I guess it was in the, was it the 50s, uh, Russia, and they still have these parades where they, you know, parade all their missiles down Main Street or whatever during uh, whatever holiday they're celebrating. And uh, we, we were becoming quite concerned about the number of missiles we were seeing until we got some spy satellites up there and some U-2 flights flying over Russia. And they were just like going around the block. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, one of my friends uh, who grew up in, in Moscow, you know, he went to those parades. <laughs> Some of the things he tells me, I can't, I can't say it on radio, but um, it, it's fascinating how primitive the country was. And I guess in many ways still is. Uh, you know, it's just unbelievable. One of my friends who came from Poland before the, the wall fell down, he said two things just really stunned him when he got to the United States. He said, you could get a gallon of ice cream for a dollar. Of course, ice cream in Poland was probably a rarity, and you probably paid $10 if you could even find it. And he was just amazed at how large-breasted the American women were. Because, you know, where our diet was so much fattier, we were all basically bigger and more developed in, in, in every aspect. I, <laughs> Typical guy. <laughs> yeah, and, but I think his comment was, was really uh, prescient because— he was saying that we, we couldn't believe the affluence compared to Poland uh, under the Russians, under the Soviet uh, empire. And uh, 
that's what my friend who grew up in Moscow said too. He said, you know, if there was a line had if a line had formed at a store, people didn't they didn't even want to know what was being sold. They just got in the line. They got in the line, Ken, because they figured, well, hell, there's something there. <laughs> I probably need it, so yeah, need it. Whatever it is, we need it, and let's just hope we got in line before it runs out. So uh, this, this is this. It's just so much nicer here in the USA. No matter what we've got going, no matter what internal problems we may have, people still want to come here. I know, but can't we? Can't we at least get Joe to? to can, can we get the Easter Bunny to take Joe back? In the <laughs> <house>? <laughs> Maybe Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny together can convince him. I saw Trump poking fun at <laughs> Trump. Is a, he's a stitch. He said, "Yes, he's taking he's taking direction from the Easter Bunny." Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I know the Easter Bunny <laughs> and pulling him off away from the cameras. <laughs> yeah. Come on now, Joe. Let's go back inside and get some more. I've got a basket of chocolate for you inside, Joe. I got a chocolate and, a, and another anti-dementia pill for you. So. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, a couple more years. Get to November. Concentrate on November right now, and then we're worried about 24. On November. But let's hope that the Republicans don't screw it up before the election and start saying and doing stupid things. All they have to do is, is just keep hammering the, the Democrats and don't say or do anything else. Yeah, McConnell, I think, has uh, Mitch has got the right idea. Just keep hammering away with inflation and all that. And uh, and the Republicans will fill up the House for sure, and, poss- and probably the Senate as well. They'll probably take the Senate back. Yeah, speaking of Republicans, did you see where Orrin Hatch died, the longtime uh, senator, Republican senator? I think he was the longest-serving uh, Republican senator. I hadn't heard that yet. I'm sorry to hear that, yeah. Yeah, he died, what, yesterday, I believe. He was 88 years old, and... Uh, Apparently greatly loved by both sides of the aisle. They're one of these peacemaker guys. But uh, at any rate, he died. And speaking of, of that area out there, did you hear that uh, Lake Mead, you know, the, uh, the the lake that was formed by the Hoover Dam mm-hmm. is up. Is what? Drying up. It's shrinking from, oh. from decreased water in the Colorado River, decreased flow. And from increased demand uh, for water from towns and industries out in, in Nevada and Las Vegas area, because that's uh, that's where it's close to. And so all that area out there is just booming. You know, it's like Florida. It's growing like crazy. Yeah, but they really don't have the water for it. Well, they're going to have to start drilling or, or something. But, uh, you know, the Colorado River is not a huge river. I don't know if you've seen it. Have you been to the Grand Canyon? I have uh, not been to the Grand Canyon. I've flown over it, but never been to it. Yeah. Well, I think you should go. You know, it's only going to last another 50 million years, so you better get. <laughs> you better hurry up, huh? You better hurry up. But uh, the the Grand Canyon was cut by the Colorado River, and the Colorado River flows through the Southwest, and I think it dumps into the uh, the uh, uh, the Rio, Gulf. Does it go to Rio Grande? Uh, no, no, it doesn't go to the Rio Grande. It dumps into the Gulf uh, that's formed by uh, Mexico and the Baja Peninsula. What's that called? The Gulf of Baja or yeah, something? Yeah, I think it's the Gulf of Baja, as a matter of fact, yeah. That's where it empties into. So that poor little river is getting beat up pretty bad because there's a great demand for the water from there. And, of course, all of that starts up in the mountains and the Rockies. And so 
we have to pray for more snow next year so that my son can ski and there can be more water in the Colorado River. That's important. Yeah, by the time you get past Las Vegas and Phoenix, there's not a whole lot left in that no. river. There's not much left. It's uh, it's a more of a stream than anything. But it's fascinating to see. It's a, it's a pretty little river. And I say little because I grew up on the Ohio, which is, as you know, one of the big three, Mississippi, Missouri, and the Ohio. Those are our three big rivers in the United States. Although I guess the Columbia, when it gets close to the ocean, is pretty good size, too. I think the Missouri River is a pretty good size mm-hmm. as well, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, uh, they shoot the rapids on the Colorado. It's a, it's a fun river. I know that. A lot of sportsmen love it. Yep, it is. And uh, it's 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 certainly uh, a valuable asset and natural resource. And so we'll have to think of some way to, to defend that and take care of that. But I'm... I'm not in that. Uh, I'm not in that field, so I'll have to stick to medicine and and hope that bigger brains than mine are on this. But uh, I don't know how much of this, of course, is uh, hysteria from the the green people, and how much is uh, reality. How much of it is just seasonal? But there were some pretty striking pictures. I've been on the on the lake. Uh, we spent a little time out there, and it's a nice lake. I mean, it's not. It's not like our lakes here in the east where you've got all these pine forest and hardwood forest around and uh, beautiful scenery. It's, it's mostly rock and outcroppings of, of uh, granite. And uh, so, but, but it's still a nice, uh, it's a nice recreational facility for the area. And it looks like a lot of the marinas are gone. They, they're, the lake has shrunk so much that the marinas that were built on the shores are now, you know, a quarter of a mile away from the lake itself. And boats are moored out in the middle of the lake because there's there's nowhere to tie up on shore. Yeah, you can actually, if they if you look at a picture of it now, you'll see the, where it was because it stained the rocks when it was underwater. Yeah. And you can see, actually see how much it's fallen. And it's, it's impressive. It's an impressive fall. And, and, you know, Ken, it's going to affect the production of electricity as well because sure. the Colorado River is what drives the Hoover Dam, drives all those big turbines. So they've got some problems out there that they're going to have to address. But they do have a football team now in Las Vegas. <laughs> and that's all that really counts in life. That's all that really, really counts. <laughs> Football and baseball. <laughs> Ice hockey. Ice hockey, too. And basketball. Sure, why not? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we're getting close to the end of the uh, So I wanted to tell everybody thank you for being with us today. And thank you for your thoughts and prayers while I was sick, for those of you who knew I was sick. And uh, I really wasn't that sick, but don't tell the wife. Just tell her, tell her he sounded like death. <laughs> and call me at the office. Uh, we're available, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Got about got, 30 seconds left, Doc. So. we got telemedicine. We've got vaccine. We've got rapid testing. We've got cardiology, general medicine. Uh, we've got the little Korean. We've got it all right there or right here. Give that phone number one more time. 727-384-6411. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. I'm going to sign off now, Ken. You're on your own, buddy. Thank you, Doc. We'll see you next week.
Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.